Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. But welcome in, guys. Welcome in. This is Monday morning, a Broncos victory Monday, which, uh, of course, everybody should be enjoying themselves because of that. And if you guys are new to the show, I am Nick Kendall, joined by Scott Kennedy, and this is Broncos for Breakfast. We go live 45 minutes is what we're aiming for here, but we typically go an hour on uh, Monday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays going forward. And uh, here bright and early for you guys in your morning drive or for the running joke right now, everybody listening to us in their shower, which, uh, you know, I'm. I'm not here to yuck your yums, but, uh, you know. All right, are we ready for some some shower talk then? Yeah, God. So I shave in the shower. I just do. I shave in the shower. Yeah. My shaving cream can was just about empty, and it went kadoosh. That's how it, fin- how it finished off this morning. So I'm like, well, I'm glad I'm in the shower because that's really rude, isn't it, to get suddenly yep. sprayed like that. That's, uh, well... <laughs> Probably performing like the uh, the Washington football team kicking unit, but uh, we'll get into that. Um, obviously, guys, I am Nick Kendall, and this is Scott Kennedy. Make sure you guys are joining us tonight for Huddle Up, where we're going to be auctioning off that Patrick Sertan, the second jersey, who uh, he looked pretty good there yesterday. Um, so excited to see who wins that, and uh, you guys have earned it. You guys were amazing with the stars and the super chats this month, so uh, I wish I could give you all Patrick Sertan the second jerseys, but uh, there can only be one. Um, so make sure you're still getting those in, though, to give yourself a better chance for tonight and this hopefully we'll get an announcement soon on what's going to be next month's giveaway um you guys can follow scott and myself on twitter scott at scout kennedy and myself at nick kendall mhh also follow us at huddle up pod and at mile high huddle if you enjoy the swag going on oh i don't have my mug it's in the dishwasher i got my thermos today i'm, I'm... so you need to season it I, I can't hold that by just not washing it yeah it was starting to get a little bit uh, too gross considering i drank out of it what is it like eight days in a row almost? But um, if you guys want your swag, like Scott's drinking his mug there, um, go to huddleuppod.com to get your swag on. I got the uh, the hat on right here. Christmas is coming up, so make sure you guys get yourself some stuff. Treat yourself. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle or forward slash mile high huddle pod. And actually uh, join us there and uh, we can talk some more football on Facebook. And to our YouTube folks, subscribe, like, and share. And while you're over on YouTube after doing that at mile high huddle, do so also at Scott's channel, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy, where uh, maybe we're, we push off the uh, the draft talk, maybe another week now with the Broncos winning. We totally, this was a fork in the road game. Broncos lose this. I mean, we're talking about big trades. We're talking about the draft, et cetera. Now you're talking about a team that's 500 back in the swing Half of things. Through the season, I mean, you're sitting at 500. That's within shouting distance, right? You are. You're right there. You're getting a bunch of offensive weapons back and the defense, the formula, which you've spoken of all season was what we saw play out on Sunday and the Broncos ended up winning. It wasn't pretty, but uh, a win is a win is a win. And uh, they took care of business and we're back in the, I wouldn't say we're back in the saddle, but you know, we're hanging on. So the Broncos got a chance. They had to win this game and we have a chance to, uh, to talk some meaningful football in November. So that's great. Uh, Scott, how are you doing? Uh, I don't want to jinx anything, but um, 
the common team that we're cheering for to hear that's your team i've been enjoying and just wanted to let you know we're all rooting for you good luck yeah watched uh you know it, it's disappointing not to close the world series out at home when you got a three to one lead but to be able to even get a three to one lead and take a a game back three to two when you start two ham and eggers at pitchers in games four and five one's making his major league debut and the other one hadn't started since june and you get a yeah. split out of that uh that that's pretty good that's it's crazy to me also that with all of these bullpen arms and you can't find us you know someone to start a game in the world series and you make it that far so that i'm i was trying to think about that it's like what's the you know it was the, it was the day of the backup quarterback yesterday and i'm yeah. like is there even a comparison to saying oh yeah we're going to have this guy make his major league debut in the world series i mean that's not even the same you know Trevor Simeon has played a lot uh, yeah. You know, for for this for the Saints when he got the win, you know, it's just it's just strange. I want to uh, also want to say hello to some folks in the chat real That's quick, because um, we do have some stars coming in. So whatever yeah, the yeah. Uh, whatever the the next giveaway raffle ends up being, there's going to be uh, you know Peter's already getting in there. He's in there twice. Yeah, uh, Yvonne came in on. Uh, on uh youtube last night big oh. uh so coming in on on facebook this morning uh Thanks, appreciate yvonne. appreciate that yvonne uh it it jumped yesterday so i wanted to make sure that we gave you a special shout out this morning when we saw you again too listen up broncos country tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre, welcome in. Good to see you. Dave Glassman in the house, of course. Mark from Savannah. I know who he's rooting for as well. <laughs> Miguel, Santi Stefan. We've got lots of uh lots of international here. We should, we should, we we need to do a like a, a football podcast. Talking, <laughs> talking some so soccer with all our international friends and our American soccer fans. Uh for the team, it was a last gasp. In fact, I think it was a double because you kind of went, oh, okay, we intercepted it to what the hell? Um, so you needed a double last gaff on this one. And, and Clay saying you can get your own Sertan jersey whenever you want. Uh, you, you know, you can. And that's why I always like to remind people that we appreciate the support. Yeah, uh, It helps us do this. And yeah. you know, try not to come away feeling like, hey, when, you're, when you've got 200, I think there's 200 YouTube contributors alone. And I haven't even counted uh, Facebook. I don't want 199 people feeling like they left, they missed out every week. That's that's a bad yeah. feeling. So just remember, we're here because you're here, yep. and we we couldn't do this without you, and we certainly appreciate it. And I I hope you I hope everybody understands that and doesn't just feel disappointed when 
199 of you don't win a Patrick Sertan jersey. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, uh, uh, we want you guys to get it, but uh, you know, get a chance again next month. So we'll see. Um, let's get into the game here and appreciate everybody coming in uh, to the chat this morning for a victory Monday on um, the Broncos four and four uh, after a good win against a solid Washington football team, despite the record says, I'd say they're, they're okay. They're uh I don't, I don't think you can call, what's that take them to two and five, two and six? Yeah, okay, that maybe you not solid. You can't call that solid. They're a flawed team. They've a solid got, defensive line. They're flawed. Um, yeah. they're not solid. They've got too many flaws to be solid. A five hundred yeah, team right. is solid. Denver's okay. They're they're yep. they're they're solid. Washington's a flawed team. They're a flawed team right now with some nice tools, some nice components, but they're yeah. a flawed team. Yeah, I know. And we got Clee coming in saying support this. Thank you very much, Clee. Uh, we appreciate you. I want to get right into it uh, with the uh, the special teams. I know that uh, was it Blewett is the name of the kicker. God, he can't make this stuff up. We, live in a uh, so we need to do a we need to do a uh, an SEO name because I always thought the worst kicker name was from South Carolina was Ryan Suckup. Mm, yep. Um. So between Suckup and Blewett. Goodness, I, uh, I'm not feeling I'm not feeling that one. You know, Homer yeah. Bailey, the pitcher, Bob Walk. Suck up and blew it. Yep. Jesus. <laughs> Unbelievable. But uh, blew it. Uh, three of his first five kicks for Washington football team have been blocked. Uh, probably some of that is on the blocking. Some of that's on him. But uh, some of that's on him. Sh- the first one was definitely on him. It came in way low. Yeah. Uh, I rewatched that one again today. I won't say rewatch because I have to listen to it on the radio. Mm. Uh, so I'm listening to the, the audio calls during the games and watching it. That one came in way low. Yeah. Nope. Uh, but he blew it. Um, but got to also the Broncos got to be in position to make a play to take advantage of somebody else not executing and shout out to our two starting interior defensive linemen, uh, Shelby Harris and Draymond Jones for being in a position to uh, make the plays. And uh, we have back-to-back games now where the Broncos special teams uh, has made plays. So uh, do we have to give a shout out to uh, Tom McMahon? Also, I know that's, that's like pulling teeth for some people around here, but uh, the special teams unit has been making some, uh, big plays the last couple weeks, and it's it's. I'm just looking for positives here, right? Like, I mean, we won, but uh, for how much everybody wants coaches' heads on a spike and whatnot, let's let's you're, be positive about the special teams. Here. If you're gonna credit a coach for a blocked field goal when the uh, kicker kicks it into the line, I think it was Shelby Harris that got it, got his hand up. Yeah, Draymond was more on Draymond. Um, yeah, and then uh, then you're, then you're gonna have to discredit him for missing a field goal. To me, that's, that's that, that was, those were both on the kickers. Yeah. Um, but the special teams I'm not going to say, Hey, great job for, for what I've seen there. Uh, good job. You did your job. Yeah. Good job. But you know, I'm not coming out of my, out of my way to say, Oh yeah, the special teams have really turned around. They, they, they've been okay. They've been okay. There's been some big plays in special teams, but not necessarily big plays made. I mean, that sounds contradictory, but it's not like there's a big punt return with it, a tremendous individual effort or some grand scheming where you pick out a gap and you, you go in. It's like the kicker kicked it into the line. I do want to go back on one thing you just said. You said that the unit's playing okay and they have not had a grand turnaround. If this unit is playing okay, there's been a grand turnaround compared to the beginning of the season uh, and last year is too. So uh, I would say positive momentum on that front for the special teams. And it's something where the Broncos as limited as they are on offense and for as injured as they have been this season, you cannot go into every single game and automatically lose the third phase. Those are those hidden yards, and the Broncos were losing those consistently. And at least the last couple of weeks, I think they've been trending towards average, but we haven't had average special teams in a couple of years. So, uh, and the two big plays, I mean, that's 
possibly the difference in the game and the game flow. I know we still won by seven, but you never know how the game changes from there if they make one of those kicks. So uh, butterfly effect in football, right? Um, let's get to the uh, the defensive side of the ball because Denver Broncos vaunted defense. I know it was Taylor Heineke. I know that uh, Terry McLaurin has been injured, but uh, this was the Broncos defense that many of us had hoped we'd seen this season where the Broncos, I mean, only surrendering 10 points, uh, not giving up really that many back-breaking plays, getting after the quarterback for the first time this season against a solid Washington football team offensive line. Not not amazing, not terrible, and a mobile quarterback back there. Uh, I thought the defense overall, good job. I mean, really, I, what a turnaround for one week. I know getting the linebackers another week in there, et cetera, et cetera, helped. But uh, I thought the defense had a pretty good game. Considering it was a mash unit out there and you start yeah. looking at the players, I mean, six inside, six linebackers on IR. Yeah. Six of them. So you're starting a guy you picked up off the street, not off the street. I'm kidding. Uh, exaggerating. Kenny Young, you're starting him who wasn't who, taking him from the Rams, plug and play right away. Look good. Uh, Browning uh, for uh, for expectations, your expectations as he's a rookie. He, he yeah. did really well. Yes, he did. And I noticed I uh, in, the, in the first quarter on one of the first down plays, he's in coverage and it was kind of an out route to the running back and the running back. Uh, he, he took a bad angle and the running back mm -hmm. it up, up, up field. I was like, you know what that reminds me of his teammate, not just this mm -hmm. year, but last year, Jonathan Cooper. And I'm pretty sure it was against the Ravens had edge protection on the right side and underestimated the speed of the running back at this yeah. level, took a bad angle. And the, the running back goes left side in for a touchdown uh, and, and goes in there. And that's on rookies. That's experience. And it's nice to get that kind of experience in a win uh, because he won't make that same mistake again. Those are those are yeah. rookie mistakes. Those happen. He took a bad angle because of the speed of the game, and the only way to learn the true speed of the game is to play. Yep. So Browning will be better because of that play, and played better as the as the game went on. So uh, defense defense was great. You know, yeah. There's there's not a whole lot to complain about there. Yeah, and I want to get into a little bit more uh, Baron Browning because he caught my eye multiple times. And when I typically do scouting, I kind of watch a game from a holistic view and just like, okay, who's making the pop plays, the athleticism, who's moving differently out there than what I am used to for whatever position they're in. And Browning offered more athleticism and explosiveness and twitch from the linebacker position for this Broncos team, sideline to sideline, than I've seen from this unit in years. I mean, we knew he tested like an absolute freak. Uh, in the combine, we knew he had amazing size, but uh, his athleticism really showed. And some, I think there's a, uh, a disconnect from what athleticism does typically for a linebacker and a linebacker core versus what most fans want. You know, you think you have a linebacker and he's going to be out there, you know, we're going to hold the tight end to zero catches. Like that's not really a realistic ask from a linebacker position, but athleticism, what athleticism at the linebacker position can do for you is it limits you know, a running back play where they catch it and they get two yards instead of 10 yards or right. a tight end screen. They get four yards instead of 20 yards mm -hmm. and Browning in pursuit. I mean, you'd have that one play where his angle was off, but uh, I thought he did an exceptional job closing to the flats, limiting uh, plays. And they, the, uh, it was obvious to see Washington football team was targeting those linebackers in pass plays. And I thought Browning had a heck of a game and he looked better in this first action. There was miscommunication, some issues where they're like talking right before the snap, trying to figure out who has what responsibility, et cetera. Not unexpected, but Browning really impressed me. I mean, he's going to make some mistakes the rest of the season. There's going to be some highs and some lows as he's working this linebacker position, but he looks like somebody who needs to get reps. I was very impressed and uh, he's going to really help that defense because they don't have anybody who fits his athletic category at that position. They just, they just haven't. And they don't. 
Well, appreciate you coming in here, uh, Mo. And and the, one of the other things I noticed was uh, yeah. the size. You know, I, I don't know if it's the numbers throwing me off, but yeah. when I see Sternard out there at 41, I saw him coming to make a play about six yards past the line of scrimmage. I was like, is that, why is Justin Simmons, because all I saw was the one, I was like, why is Justin Simmons that high? And uh, I was like, I think Browning has at least 20 pounds and I think closer to 30 on Stranod without giving up any type of, uh, you know, quickness and speed. So that's going to help. That's going to help in the in the run game. If he can still get laterally, but add another 30 pounds vertically, then that, that's going to help your team. Yeah, and I think I saw Mike Kliss said that, uh, uh, Browning played a vast majority of the snaps followed by Kenny Young and then Justin Sternod. And yeah, Justin Sternod has been a, I know he's only a fifth round pick and he's a second year player, but you know, you talk about guys flashing when you're watching the games versus uh, not flashing. Sternod has not flashed at all as in a positive way uh, for me. Um, so uh, looks like he might be trending the wrong way with Baron Browning trending the the right way there. Uh, but again, I mean, he really, he really stood out for me. And now everybody's looking like, Oh, why don't you have to, why wouldn't you burn a first round pick on a linebacker? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, Historically speaking, you can find really good linebackers day two. I mean, the best two, the highest two paid linebackers in the NFL right now are day two picks in uh, Fred Warner and uh, Darius Leonard. I mean, we just have historical context backing us up on that one. And Brownie, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be that level of player, but uh, he looks like somebody who I, I, I am. If I'm Peyton, I'm not stepping down there to tell them, you know, play Drew Locke over Teddy Bridgewater or anything like that. But Brownie needs to play. Um, he was we saw enough of him in this game and uh, so little of Stranod and also of. Uh, Sternod wears 40, uh, Kenny Young wears 41. Both those guys I thought were out of position and a little bit uh, lacking. There was one play where Kenny Young just, I mean, maybe, absolutely maybe no ability young, to turn Because Kenny Young goes about 230, right? I think it, the yeah. numbers, the, these these yeah. numbers on the size are, are throwing me off. Uh, yeah. I'm like, that that guy looks, he looks thin. That's okay. Yeah. You know, that's that's not a bad thing. But, I, you know, I like, I like a little width, a little size. The old yeah. 56 on Browning. You know, I grew up yeah. with the, the Lawrence Taylors of the world. That was 56. Yeah. 56 and 34, you know, the 34 running back, you better be something special. If you're going to wear 34, uh, yeah. you know, when you, when you talk to a, a gen Xer type with Walter Payton and Herschel Walker and Bo Jackson and all that group, 34 meant something. Yeah. So 56 no, means something to, uh, to, to me as well. So I agree, uh, yeah. get off. That's my get off my lawn moment. I actually like the numbers. I think they look cool. I think yeah. it's cool seeing, you know, the receivers in the single digits and, um, you know, some of those guys, I, I like the number change. I, I think it's, I, I do. I think it's cool. Yeah. And uh, I'll let you look home through any uh, stars or super chats here that we can pull up, but I want to highlight some more defensive players here. Um, somebody I have been extremely tough on and uh, rightfully so, but uh, he had a good game. And if you have a good game, you can deserve your chance in the spotlight to have some positivity. I thought that uh, Malik Reed had a very good game. I thought he shined more consistently uh, than Jonathan Cooper did out there. There was a couple plays where I thought Cooper struggled with uh, edge contain um, that let uh, the Washington football team get uh, outside uh, the tackle box. But I thought Malik Reed had a pretty good game. Uh, maybe his sack and Draymond Jones sack was somewhat coverage sack, but you got to have your coverage guys covering to let your line, to let your pass rush get home and uh, vice versa. You know, it's a synergy there. So Malik Reed deserves a shout out. And also people have been piling on this guy saying he's struggling this season. He has not been, what you'd expect given what you're paying him. But Justin Simmons with those two big interceptions, I think both of them happening in the end zone. One of them was a hail Mary. So maybe not the highest odds, but that other one, when they were driving the ball and he intercepted it down there, um, hats off to Justin Simmons. Uh, he had a very good game. He also had a few uh, plays where um, he came downhill and made some big tackles uh, pretty close to the line of scrimmage where um, he kind of sloughed off a, uh, a pick play or somebody running a route that was meant to obstruct his line. 
got right around him, made the tackle. So Justin Simmons had a heck of a game. I was very impressed. Well, let's 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 go through this again a little bit because I mentioned the mashing yeah. it, but I didn't really get into that too much. Yeah. You know, if we go through who was starting and who was out there, especially at the linebacker group. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Cooper, rookie. Baron Browning was out there a lot. Rookie. Not only a rookie, he hasn't been playing a lot because he's been he's been hurting. Kenny Young, he's yeah. been on the team about 72 hours. Um, you know, so that is really impressive. And, and, and as Tim came in with some stars, appreciate you, Tim. Thanks, says Tim. the run defense looked way better, probably because Washington doesn't have a very good run game. Uh, glad to get the win. Yeah, the, the win to win. And the scariest runner out there yesterday for Washington was a quarterback. Taylor Heineke yeah. is slippery. And you still did a really good job of limiting his ability to make big plays once the 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 structure of the play broke down. Uh, Y'all have heard me say it before, and I stole this line from uh, from someone else. But you know, the busted play is not a basis for an offense. It will might might come up where you get a play or two plays, big plays, but that's not going to sustain you if you can't generate offense um, in a more conventional way. And the, the Bronco, the Broncos held the Redskins from being able to do that, held them to ten points. Yeah. No, um, he was very good. I thought this whole defense was pretty good. I mean, there was a couple penalties I thought that were mis-execution issues. But overall, I mean, this this is the formula you want to use, right? You know your offense is going to be limited with Teddy Bridgewater and the offensive line the way they are and everything that's going on there. Um, but you need your defense to keep you in the games and be a top five, top ten unit. And they haven't been. I mean, the last three, four weeks before this, they've been literally a bottom five defense in the NFL, which is just unacceptable they weren't even going up against juggernauts besides mm. the the ravens you know and they were just getting whipped um so this was a, a good defensive performance and uh, the guys that we needed to step up i thought really did um and uh overall great uh great job and uh, they're gonna have their work cut out for them next week assuming that uh dak is going to play when they head down to dallas to play the dallas cowboys which uh I mean, Cooper Rush, whatever, who the heck they play, it doesn't matter. They have a humming offense and a really good play. And Kellen Moore's calling a heck of a team there. Uh, so let's get over to the offensive side of the ball. I know that's what a lot of people want to talk about. Um, and before we get into the, God, is diatribe the right word here? Wh whatever the conversation is surrounding the quarterback position, I want to talk the running backs. I want to talk Melvin Gordon. Man, what a happy Halloween, everyone. Melvin Gordon came as Jacqueline Hyde. Uh, got, Melvin Gordon, great plays, two touchdowns, amazing. The fumble. On the third and nine, I mean, you can you can blame the coaches for not taking a knee there, but they were trying to force them to maybe get a first down or commit a penalty. Well, they couldn't take a knee at that point. It was thir on third and nine. Was that were they in the end? They zone have two or? timeouts left. Yeah, I, but I mean, they take a knee to yeah, but you, punt you it rather you than you can't take a knee when they you know when you, you don't want to punt the ball there. You know, you, you're if I you can avoid, you don't want to have to get into a special teams play if you can avoid it. So yeah. let's let's back it up though. Yeah. Um, it didn't get counted as a fumble because he was down, but Javante Williams coughed yep, it up on first down, yep. you know, cause I'm listening to it on, on radio. So I didn't see it. It was, he was fairly clearly down, but on radio, like he fumbled. And then they're like, uh, then they say, well, let's see. I'm a little surprised. They haven't swapped him out for Melvin Gordon here. They're letting him go out on second down. Here comes the rollout pass. Wait a minute. He threw it. What, you know, what happened there? Um, so clock stops. So they do give it to Melvin Gordon. Let's give it to the veteran. And he coughs it up. I mean, what what was going through the stadium at that point? The demons were scared out of Halloween somewhere, and all of a sudden it all came crashing down. That was uh, – I've got, if we want to hear um, Fangio's, Fangio's comments on that, I thought they were pretty fair. 
Yeah. Uh, I've got that video here. Uh, if, why don't you comment on that? And I'll bring that up. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were calling for the Broncos to take a knee there and punt it away, but you don't have a you don't, you don't have yeah, a you very don't take dominant knees to punt unless you have a unless you're they were in not a good position of the field either. Like, let's say the Broncos were at the 50 yard line. They have one of the best punters in the game. You really, really, really love your coverage unit as well. Um, and you just constantly punt pinning them in the the five and you think, OK, they're going to have to move it. They're going to have to burn a timeout and then they're going to have to move it 95 yards to score a touchdown with whatever the time was left. I can get it there. The Hawkeyes did that against Penn State. Worked out fine. Worst they had an amazing word you can use to describe it. Can you hear that? OK, yeah, worst yep. word you can use to describe it. You can use to describe it. You know, we uh, we got a couple yards on the first round, first run and the you know, luckily we were down. The ball came out then. You know, the offensive coaches um, all thought the uh, boot play had a chance to work on the second one to get the first down. Because they had all their three timeouts. If we didn't get a first, we were going to have to punt. And um, and obviously it didn't. And you'd like for uh, Teddy, if it's not clean, to run with it and keep the clock going. And then obviously the fumble on the third down, you know, so... It was awful. It was a terrible, terrible series of downs for us. Yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't quite remember what he said there, but he started with we, and then he went to this to the third person. You know, then he went to to today when he was yeah. talking about mistakes. So it was the offensive coaches thought this would work. Mm -hmm. What happened to we, coach? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, situational awareness is a big one there, and it's the double-edged sword because both of Melvin Gordon's touchdowns were phenomenal. I mean, he him in the pass game this game, I thought he had some really, really good plays. But on third and nine, and do they still have two timeouts left? It makes sense to run, not knee it there. That's obvious. I think that's hindsight coming. And why wouldn't you just knee it? Well, how, what are the? You, you think you're running back? You don't back need to fumble? set up a punt from inside your own territory. You, yeah. you've got to. Maybe you get lucky and you break one through. You yep. you run the ball, but the thing is, is you run the ball three times. Yep. Um, you know, make them, they did have three timeouts. Well, by the end of that, they'd only used one. There's 30 seconds yeah. left and you yeah. only made them burn one timeout. That's a, that's a cluster. I mean, that's, that's a failure. That's a failure, failure. right there. So, um, yep. yeah, you, you do, you don't take a knee to punt the ball inside your own territory. That's, that's poor. I've said it four times now. I hope I'm clear on that. Um, yeah. but to do that, you know, protect the ball for sure. Uh, go up the middle. I don't know that I want to run. Want to run to the right where yeah. I've got guys giving me, you know, an, an open shot with that, you know, the big LT chop, uh, trying to knock the ball away. You know, put two hands on the ball, fullback dive right up the middle, and see if you can get three yards at a time. Make them burn their timeouts. Yeah. No, they are. Uh, that was misexecution, and that team was really seemingly trying to lose the game there with that. And uh, while we are piling on Shermer and talking about the offense, I will say. I thought that uh, this was another game, and I th I'm not sure if I talked about this with you or if it was with Luke or Carl, but in hindsight, that Browns game, they were very much playing conservative ball to protect the offensive line and protect the quarterback because they knew that that Browns defensive line could win the game. And uh, Browns offensive line won the game, but that's you know that's beside the point. They were, they, they were handcuffed in uh, what they were going to call because they were going to make sure not to be super aggressive to give that Browns pass rush unit, which is much better than the Broncos offensive line, a chance to win. I thought that was a similar game plan this week because Washington football team obviously was pretty good. And I thought overall the game plan, while it was super conservative, did a good job to neutralize those pass rushers for the most part. I mean, the only sack I can remember on Teddy Bridgewater was, 
or there was two on I can remember on Teddy Bridgewater. One of them he straight up fell, um, and the other one was off of a long extended play, and the guy came around the uh, beat the right tackle or that that side of the line. Um, so overall, I thought uh, Shermer had that was bad. I wanted to say though the Shermer usage of pre snap motion in this game it's something that people have been calling for. Oh, why doesn't he use that? I counted it on almost at least half the plays where they were using pre-snap motion to get the defense at least kind of showing what they're going to use. And I thought that helped Teddy Bridgewater a lot in the pre-snap uh, phase of the game to identify up. where he's going to go with the ball. Uh, so shout out to that. I mean, using 21st century concepts here to, uh, to use, uh, to help your quarterback and get guys open. And Lawrence coming in with stars. Uh, the best play yesterday was Peyton Manning's pass to Stokely. Uh, I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to hear me complain about that because I am a h- hardcore Peyton Manning, greatest of all time truther. I don't even give a hoot about Tom Brady, who uh, playing on top five defenses every year of his life or whatever. He was um, on he was on the radio call yesterday talking about how to get things going, get things turned around. I thought it was interesting that he was referring to the Denver Broncos the entire time as we. Yeah. Um, you know, that's uh yeah. That if if I was a Colts person, that that had chied on me just a little bit. So I was, you know, he was, but it, there, there wasn't any hiding back. You know, he's been there 10 years, stays in Denver. Yeah, uh, it, it was we we do this we do that we do this we do that. Yep. So um, I thought I thought that was just an interesting little side note. Yep. And I want to get to this real quick from uh, Psycho saying, "Wow, he used motion like any good offensive mind." If you want to be you know pissed off after a loss and whatnot and just be mad about everything, you know that's your that's your call. Um, I'm gonna try to look at a little bit of positives here coming off the win and saying, "Okay, no, I don't I wouldn't, take, I wouldn't take it that way." I just yeah. I, I feel the same way because. Like, like you said, I said the same thing that, that psychosis just did. Maybe it's because yeah. I've got a little of that myself. But, you know, you're like, oh, he helped his quarterback out. I'm like, it helps every quarterback out. Of course. Yeah. It's obvious. Please do it. Thank you. But, yeah. you know. But not everyone point, does. It's like play they action. Did. Let's not ask them to do something and then get then punish them for doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Thank it's you. Something, Good job. Something we've been calling for. And uh, I will say I'm happy to uh, keep talking about the offense here. Um Jerry Judy, welcome back. Uh, obviously, I, I don't know. I focused on Jerry Judy when I could in the offense. Here, and, real uh, quick, let's grab Nicole. Okay, let's do uh, it. Yeah, appreciate Nicole. you coming in, Nicole. She yeah. she comes in and says, I've been seeing some articles about trading Von Miller before the deadline. Yeah. Possibility or just rumors to get fans riled up? I think it was possible if the Broncos lost this game against Washington football team, but uh, he is probably not going to go anywhere. Now. I think this team has a chance. I mean, they're at four and four, and didn't the... Uh, one of the teams in the AFC West lost again. I can't remember. I think maybe the Chargers won. I don't know. But um, the Broncos are right there in the thick of things in the AFC at four and four. And I wish the trade deadline was maybe pushed back another you two weeks. Ahead of the I, Kansas City Chiefs. Ahead of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, half, and I know a the Raiders behind, half a game behind uh, the Chargers, who are four and three. Yep. Everybody's got problems. That, that's the one thing that we we tend to not realize. Everybody has problems. Mm-hmm. You know, this is... We, they all go through their ups and downs. Uh, we focus on 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 our own because you know that's what we do as fans. But every yeah. everybody has problems. We and Nicole, we hit on this one a couple of weeks ago. My point on on trading Von Miller was you have to get buy in from Von yeah. to do this. George Payton, as a new general manager, doesn't want to be the guy to come in and trade legend Von Miller. Yeah. Um, with unless you know, unless they ask for it, if, if Vaughn has buy in, then it's okay. Yeah. Very similar situation. Everybody grab your coffee. Uh, new general manager Terry Fontenot came into the Atlanta Falcons and traded maybe the greatest Falcon of all time, Julio Jones. Well, it came out in the middle of that, and even after the fact that Julio Jones was asking for a trade the whole time. 
Um, Terry Fontenot comes out looking, you know, like the good guy there, which, mm-hmm. and, which, which, which is the thing. But if you're going to trade Vaughn, you're going to need buy-in on this one for sure. Yeah. And I think if you, if you lose this, if you would have lost this last game against Washington football team, which man, they, they really tried to do a couple times there. Uh, then maybe you have a different conversation there and you need to think more overarching with this team. I mean, eat locker room be damned in my opinion, honestly, because you're going to have so much turnover this off season. Anyways, um, you need to maybe start getting some experience from some younger guys and getting some capital here. Now, I really don't like uh, the, uh, I really don't like the gosh, no talk about, you know, buying or players, you know, buying in next season, you lose a third of your roster every single season. So like, you know, it's a, it's a re- ramp up every year. So, I don't think you have the issues from the locker room year to year winning fixes that culture, et cetera. Um, but I, Jerry Judy, I was focusing on Jerry Judy this game. Welcome back. Jerry Judy made some awesome plays. He's not a hundred percent. It's pretty easy to see watching him out there. Uh, the cuts and whatnot, um, not as dynamic in creating space there, but still Jerry Judy at 80% or whatever, as long as his knee doesn't have a chance to get worse from playing, he adds a much needed uh, element to this offense because nobody brings the quick, middle of the field ability that Judy has on this roster right now. Well, another part of that is, is the mental part, the trust in the knee has to come with it. Um, He can be physically okay, but he he'll get better mentally as he learns to trust his knee moving forward. And that comes with playing time. We we said again, kind of like a, kind of like a rookie. So he's not going to, he'll only get better from here, which is, Mm -hmm. which is a good thing. Uh, keeping on the offense, Tim Patrick, good game. Uh, good to see Albert Okwaben on back as well. I mean, I think this Broncos team, they need to live in teams are already stacking the box and no, regardless of your friend, 11 personnel or 12 personnel, because they don't think Teddy can drive the football. And they know this team wants to run the ball as well. And the Broncos also don't have a seam, uh, seam buster right now, as far as a true speed from the wide receiver position. Um, so teams are stacking the box. If teams are going to stack the box anyway, maybe you need to lean into this 12 personnel now that you have three functional, somewhat healthy tight ends. I know no offense been a disappointment, but I thought that was the Broncos uh, overall most effective uh, look out there this last week living in 12 personnel. I don't have the data to back that up and like yards per attempt efficiency, whatnot, but I thought the Okoibanam getting uh, some looks out there, especially the quick dump off games where he can just be a big athlete in space. Noah Fant learned something there. So um, we're, we've, we've been missing that a little bit on the field, haven't yeah. we? Yes, no, a hundred percent. And it's, it's easy yards and easy completions and doing stuff like that. You know, wh- why aren't we getting these third and shorts? Well, you're not getting those yards where, you know, you're getting tackled for a two yard gain versus, you know, seven. And that completely changes what you can do on offense. Uh, so I thought that they did pretty well um, getting Okwaben on back in. And I want to see more 12 personnel going forward. And I want to pass from 12 personnel. It's not the run you want to, if they're going to load the box and you're going to dictate guys in the box, but based on personnel, you need to be able to pass out of that. And I thought they did okay about okay. I'm, with I'm half afraid to talk positively about anyone right now. Last week it was Bryce <laughs> Callahan. I mean, yeah. Yeah. The, the, whoever's got the voodoo doll, stop. Enough, yeah. enough. Quit, quit yep. sticking pins in this thing. Uh, yep. The way these guys are going down. Now, there was a question earlier, and I don't remember who it was. I apologize. Uh, saying that surely Okawebanam is pushing Fant closer to the bench. But what makes me think is, is to your point, going back to the 12 personnel. I think it just creates more of a five-man rotation. That mm-hmm. way you can go your three wide receivers. You got three really good ones with uh, with Judy, Sutton, and Patrick. And now when I want to go 12, I can pull one of those guys off, get them a breather, mm-hmm. and I, I can go Okawebanam and Noah Fant. And I can have that rotation throughout the entire game where that's been missing. Two of those pieces have been missing. 
I mean, that's yeah. a that's a significant upgrade in talent, injection of talent. Now, what concerns me still is the offensive line. The offensive yeah. line concerns me. Um, I don't want to mm-hmm. feel like I'm just piling on, but Dalton Reisner is really playing poorly. Uh, you know, even on some of the big plays, I, I'm watching. I'm like, okay, I want to try and be fair. I saw in a negative play, he, he got beat. Okay, well, what about on a positive play? And, you know, one of the positive plays are nice, you know, nice long throw or something. You know, he, he got knocked to the ground. <laughs> he just happened yeah. to go in. I'm like, oh, man. These yeah. are two of the least mobile guards I've ever seen on a unit. They just – they do not move laterally at all. There's no pulling involved. They don't get to the no. second level. The offensive line needs some needs some help. Yeah, and I thought there was a few plays where I thought Reisner had some good movement uh, at climbing, and uh, I think the first run of the game the Broncos had was absolutely beautiful. I didn't look at the coach's film yet, but it looked like an absolutely beautiful inside zone look where they climbed, and there was a couple of combo blocks, and I think Melvin Gordon got nine yards. It was a second and eight, or so, it was a second and nine, um, and they got eight yards on it. And it was a be- That was on the offensive line, beautifully executed. After that, didn't really see that from the game, and uh, – Dalton Rising, you talk about the movement skills has been uh, he's been struggling with as well. His grip strength also. I mean, I there was a couple of times where he actually did reach the block um, and a guy just sloughed off him like nothing. Um, so that was frustrating to see. Um, he's been struggling. I don't know what's going on there. And I said it last week again. I'm not doing enough shows now. I don't remember which one exactly it was. Well, hey, Nick, um, the but, phrase I always use is, you know, they say always tell the truth and you don't remember have to you don't remember have to remember what you said. I repeat myself all the time. Cause I don't, yeah. I say the same things to the same people. I don't remember who I've said what to. Yeah. So it only gets worse, dude. I got 20 years on you. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> I just, the truth is if I'm, I'm looking right now to move Reisner, I think that he's, you got two years of control. He's still young. Maybe you could get some return and create a, an opening for Moody. Who's also really struggled in the past game, but miners um, who I thought has actually looked better than Reisner in limited action. Who's going to be a future on this offensive line regardless. Um, so yeah, Reisner, his grip strength has been disappointing and it's the movement skills too. So it's really sinking that offensive line. And again, talking about repeating ourselves said this season, we know Teddy Bridgewater is going to probably finish the year in the 20, 22nd to you 12th range in terms of quarterback ranking. Yeah. Right? The teens. Yeah, that, the that, teens. That's, that's yeah. where he's trending. I mean, from yep. the rating standpoint, it was another positive day yesterday. He was like one Oh two, one Oh three. Did have a couple of plays that uh, he got lucky on, but yes, um, but that happens to every quarterback. Every that's game. true. Yep, you know, that's, that's true. We you remember them that that's your own bias creeping in. Yep. Like, well, if that guy would have caught it, it, it would have yeah. gone down. Well, if this guy would have caught the other pass, it would have gone up. You know, it, it's yeah, that that happens. It happens every quarterback yep. every week. But you still need to account for it uh, as part of the process. Where are they making mistakes? How clean was the actual game versus what the stats are? Easier to say, especially the day after it happened, remembering that kind of stuff. Um, but. Uh, I guess the point I was getting at too is that we knew Teddy Bridgewater was going to be this quarterback in that kind of range. If the Broncos were going to be a good offense this year, it came down to how good that offensive line could be then. And uh, we needed them probably to be a top 10 unit, right? Like that's about what they've been. And right now they're closer to 20th, maybe even, you know, the 22nd to 18th range uh, compared to being a top 10 unit. And knowing what you know about uh, the limitations with Teddy Bridgewater losing both your guys who separate your separation wide receivers, all three actually in Deshaun Hamilton uh, early on in July or something or August uh, KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy, who's not hundred percent right now. It's really hurt this unit. So um, offensive line has got to be better. Uh, and that's definitely a direction I am. If I was George Payton, I know the quarterback's the most important thing long-term 
no doubt about it. But uh, this offensive line has got to be better as well. And maybe they need to uh, change the way they're evaluating or looking at bringing guys in. Cause it's not been and good. It, enough. Seems, it seems like it's, it would be easier to fix, especially when you got money to yeah. fix the offensive line, as opposed to finding the right quarterback. You've tried draft. You haven't really tried for agency in a while. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you brought in, brought in uh, on Teddy, but Teddy was, you got Teddy for a song. I mean, yeah. You know, like a seventh round pick and two million dollars. You know, yeah. that wasn't that wasn't, hey, we want this guy. You know, what the what the Carolina Panthers did was go and get Darnold and invest. That's they, they threw a second Worth. and picked up a big option. Yep. You know, I'd I'd rather be in the Broncos situation right now, honestly. Yeah. Um, if you have the if you don't have the guy, you'd rather not be invested in not the guy. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you don't, you don't have anything are. invested in Teddy. He's yeah. he's gone after this year and it didn't cost you anything to get him. So yep. it was a pretty low risk, uh, low risk move. Um, yep. DWI guys coming in. So with Henry potentially out for the year, how about Gordon to the Titans? Uh, Nick, doesn't this kind of depend on where you think your team is right now? If the Broncos would have lost this game against the Washington football team, hell yes. Uh, three and five to sell everything. I wish the trade <laughs> deadline was moved back two weeks. I mean, they extended the game, the season, uh, one week. Let's push the trade deadline back so actually we have a better idea of where these teams are at, right? But um, I digress. Um, I, if the Titans come in offer of like something like a third round pick, which is ridiculous, it's not going to happen, or you know something like a fourth and a future fifth. I but listen. you got to overpay if you want to get somebody that yep. someone doesn't want to give up. So it's like, yeah, yep. listen, we don't we don't want to sell. We'll give you a three. Yep. Sold. Yep. I uh, I agree with you there. Um, and uh, if they want to overpay. That's fine. Um, but right now, the the strength of this offense right now is the fact that you have two running backs who look pretty dynamic out there and are actually creating yards beyond the offensive lines blocking, which is pretty rare. It's the opposite of what you want. It's the opposite of the Mike Shanahan model there, right? Uh, the offensive line creates the running backs. And that's, that's not what you're getting in Denver right now. It's not a very sustainable model. Um, but this team is four and four. And if they have a chance to make the playoffs this week, it's going to, or this year, it's probably going to come on the the dynamic duo of Gordon and Javante Williams, as long as they're holding onto the damn ball. Um, and uh, so I, if the Titans want to overpay, okay, that's fine. I, I'm willing to see what Mike Boone can do this year as the second role and get Javante Williams and just really lean into that. Um, because also yeah, that capital. Cause, cause let's say you got 20 carries between them and you're getting 10 and 10. And all of a sudden you go to 17 to, to Javante Williams and three to Mike Boone. When you lose Melvin Gordon, are you really losing anything at that point? Or you know, I mean, the only thing that scares me and you can't play like this is the freaking injury bug. Good Lord. Yeah. You know, but you can't play. It's like, well, we, we better not do that because, you know, the way these guys are dropping like flies, we're going to need everybody we get because it's only a matter of time before this one goes down. You, you can't think like that, but it's it's starting to feel like that with the Denver Broncos. Yeah, no, I agree with you. So, I mean, if they want to make that move, I'd be interested in it, but it'd have to be a, uh, it'd have to be a pretty good package from the Titans for me to be interested in that. Also Melvin Gordon, the way he's been playing other than the fumble um, is one God, that just nothing pisses me off more Scott than execution like that. Like to have a little bit of awareness. I don't want to say pride, but like the situation, if I lose 10 yards here on a run, I don't, who cares? Yeah, I cannot there's, fumble there's the ball. Sometimes where, you know, you'll see a guy put, he does everything right and he still fumbles, but correct me if I'm wrong, but he, he had one arm, a little loosey, a little loosey goosey on that. And it got, it got punched out. That, that can't happen. I mean, God, that's one where, you know, we all, you and I both appreciate Teddy Bridgewater's uh, leadership style and what he brings from that uh, 
side of the field, but like that's one where like the quarterback like grabs Melvin Gordon in the head before the snap. Like if you do anything this play, just don't fumble the god blessed ball. Like that's the one yeah, thing you that, can't. Do. That, that doesn't have to be said. It really, <sighs> dude. These yeah, guys it shouldn't be. You're third professional. Fourth year but... professionals. I'm pretty sure he knows to hold on to the ball. It's just an instinct play. It is just. It was just poor. Um, yeah. so speaking of making some plays, yeah. Christian Andes coming in with some stars, saying the special teams made some plays. The defensive two shouldn't have been a struggle uh, yesterday, though. First win I haven't been excited after. You know, there's fans that'll tell you that if you root for your team to lose, that you're not a real fan. Um, they haven't been fans of really bad teams who really needed a coaching change. Yeah. And there's certain times where you see, you know, I'm not sure this team might be better off losing a couple games if we can get a yeah. fresh start. And and I think that's the feeling you've got right now. You're like, good Lord, I don't want to keep eking by at 500 and these guys save their jobs. And then we have to go through another piss poor year next year. Um, yeah. I've said before, these are jobs. These are professionals. They, I trust coaches and athletes to put forth everything that they've got at the time, but we're going to outlast them. Yeah. You know, I, we're, we're fans for life. This is a job for them. Vic Fangio will be gone and he'll have a three-year blip, four-year blip on his Denver Broncos resume. You've, yeah. You're going to have 75 years of being a Denver Broncos fan. So yeah, it, it matters what you think and how you feel. And if you write off a coach for doing poorly, you're still okay in my book. Yeah. No. Nope. Uh, coaches hired to be fired. That's just kind of the name of the game for a lot of these things. Um, so thank you very much, Chris. Um, if you don't feel good about the game, you know, that's, that's fine. It was not a beautiful game by at all means. Um, again, everyone did drink your coffee. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of games like this where you win ugly being an Iowa Hawkeye fan. And it's really ugly on the offensive side of the ball. But uh, you do enough to special teams defense to win a game and control it with the script. And uh, that's what we said preseason. That would be the formula for this team to win a lot of games because they're not going to be a high-flying offense, uh, most likely. But the defense should be good enough. You just want the special teams to not be terrible. And they got to win with that one. So let's see if they can uh, be better, healthier. Maybe Vaughn will be back this uh, upcoming week and uh, get after the Cowboys. Cowboys should be big favorites. But if the defense plays like they did again today, um, you never know, right? Like that's the defense can keep you in games and defense and run games should travel in theory. Uh, Fox breaks comes in here with $5. That's a, that's a new name for me. Fox yeah. breaks. Welcome getting off uh happy November 1st, kicking off the new month, yeah. uh, right at the top of the YouTube charts. Appreciate you. No shave November, right? Scott. Yeah. It doesn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work for me. If I didn't shave for a week, you might not notice. Something's um, wrong with Scott's light. No, that's, yeah, that's just was, my fight. Uh, it, <laughs> week long yeah, I, I don't, I don't do that. And then it turns into rainbow colors. So I've got red. Yeah, I, I feel like proud that I've, I've started getting some gray in my chin. You feel there like you yes, go. I've made it. I feel like I'm growing up. You know, I'm almost fifty did. years old for God's sakes. But you know, you start getting some gray. You're like, I'm kind of proud of myself. I've made it this far. Uh, oh, so it's man. not all bad when you start seeing a few grays here and there. God bless you. I think the one thing about people. I don't know if there's a trend here and I'm an epidemiologist. So I should probably know these things, but the guys who get the big facial hair early are much more likely to lose it up here. And I'm happy to be blessed with a full head of hair. And Scott looks like he's rocking it too. So uh, speaking of uh shower talk this morning, we're getting into all this stuff. Um, Fox breaks $5. It feels like injuries have been an issue the whole time. Fangio has been our head coach. Is this true or recency bias? Uh, I would need to look at the data in front of me. I know for sure the last two seasons, the Broncos have had a higher than average uh, amount of injuries. Um, is that bad luck? Is that strength and conditioning? Is that Fangio looking to 
uh, use more old school practice methods where you know there is more padded days, there's more uh, hits in those things, and those start to accumulate. All questions we should ask. Um, it's probably a little bit of everything. Maybe not as much the strength and conditioning because it's not a lot of hamstring issues or like uh, those kind of muscle kind of issues where that can you can point directly to strength and conditioning mm-hmm. when you see that stuff. Um, but uh, this is why depth's important, right? Like this is why you you build a man a roster for fifty three overall, and it's another reason why you, when you go into the draft, you shouldn't be pinholed to okay, we have one hole at right tackle, we have to take a right tackle. One week into the season, you might have lost your linebacker, edge rusher, cornerback. You know, like you need to have a good roster and be comfortable with the guys behind you. So uh, that I think that's a have some holes, but you need to just get good players. And and Fox, I won't say uh, the whole time he's been here because I haven't been following the Broncos long enough yeah. to, to answer that. Well, I, well, I will say this year seems to be worse than normal compared to other teams. Yeah. Um. You know, I what I don't remember again. Just six linebackers alone, and uh, a friend of mine, former NFL player, he said he he was saying we had a new guy come in a strength and conditioning coach, and by week six, everybody had spent some time out with a, with a muscle injury, hamstring yeah. injury, by the way, they changed the way doing things, but that's not the case here. We're talking ACLs, torn pectorals, rolled mm-hmm. up ankles, concussions, uh, that type of stuff. If it was one type of injury like that, you might be able to say, but this is just, this is free. And it happened early. You know, you see guys starting to sit out a little bit when you, the season's gone, you know, the, the OGs start going, <laughs> you're distracting me here. Sorry, <laughs> the uh, the OG starts sitting out a little bit, you know, taking a, mm-hmm. a mental break. Uh, you know, maybe not playing as much down the stretch when the season's gone. But all these are happening early. There, there, there's, mm-hmm. it, it's just when it keeps happening over and over again, you start thinking there's more to it than just luck. But they're so random. It's, it is, and it's a rough damn game. You know, my son's yeah. twelve. He's a big, fast kid. I love football. And he's starting to get that itch, and I like wanting to, you know, me as much football I want. I want to see him turn him. I want to turn him loose on a couple kids. And then yeah. you start watching this, and players drop like freaking flies. You're like, I don't want him out there. He's too good a baseball player. I don't want him getting hurt for, you know, for and having to miss six months of of stuff because of baseball. Yeah. Um. So it's it, on top of everything, it's a rough damn game. Captain yeah. Obvious, I know, but um, it is. Yeah. No, totally. Um. You're absolutely correct there. And uh, before we get on out of here, I know we were, we're trying to do 45 minutes here with, since we are doing three nights a week. Um, but we do want to, I do want to talk quarterback unless there's anything else that you want to talk about from this game besides quarterback. I'm looking at the, uh, the stats here. Broncos win the turnover battle guys. It, you hear me say this and I know it's stupid, but besides points, duh. Uh, if there's anything that indicates if your team is going to win or lose, it's who wins the turnover battle and the Broncos uh, two to one there. One of them was a, essentially a punt. Um, so maybe you want to call it one to one, but I'll call two to one to be positive here. Um, Broncos won there. They also won the yardage in penalties. So uh, overall, a two teams that are probably not going to make the playoffs. Probably Garden Variety bad teams. Maybe Washington picks top ten. Maybe Denver's picking in that like twelve to eighteen range in the upcoming draft. But Broncos won, um, and they won in some key metrics like that. So I wanted to get to that. But quarterback, is there anything else you want to talk about besides quarterback? Let me, uh, let me hit on Washington real quick. Let's put okay. a, yeah, put let's a nail it. in that coffin. Uh, while we start off the top of the show and I kind of, I kind of flinched when you said solid team, um, cause they're now two and six, two and six on the, year. I call yeah. them a flawed team Yeah, because if you look at their losses, four points to the chargers, uh, they play, they got beat pretty handily by the bills. Uh, they got beat by the saints 33, 22. Yeah. They lost to the chiefs. They're in it against the Packers and they lost by seven two. So this is 
it's a flawed team, mm-hmm. but they're not a they're not a bad team. They're not nearly as bad as the the record stand the record shows. They just they know how to win games right now because of their flaws, even less than the Broncos, because the Broncos yeah. sure as hell try to give it to them. Yeah. So yep. you know, let's try and take some some positives of this uh, moving forward. Okawebanom's back. Jerry Judy's back. I want to see Ojemudia back. Um, mm-hmm. You might Bronx. now because Bryce Callahan. It's not as bad as they were saying on the radio last night with Bryce Callahan, and and he's back. Um, and then we look at the the growing up process of Baron Browning, Jonathan Cooper, some of these young guys starting to show out and mm-hmm. uh, and, and contribute. Yep, and uh, I guess we should touch on injuries real quick. Um, Bryce Callahan had a hyperextended knee. I'm not sure if he's going to get a scan today to see the uh, the issue. I think the quote was it wasn't a bad, bad knee injury, which means it's not one they expect him to be out for the year. But I would expect Bryce to miss some time, and that's, you know, every, every single year of his career he's been injured. Um, so this might be the last year of him in Denver, getting, given his age uh, and the fact that he plays nickel cornerback and what, unless you can get him for, you know, a song and a dance, as they like to say. Um, but he's probably going to be out for a bit. You're going to see some rotation here at the cornerback position. Asang Bassey should be back here pretty soon. That's somebody the Broncos liked a decent bit uh, in last draft cycle out of uh, Wake Forest, undrafted free agent, but he looked okay last year. And Michael Ojemudia should be back too. So that should help you with that. I think uh, Garrett Bowles was rolled up on and he had a slight ankle injury. I would be shocked if he didn't play against the Cowboys. Um, and you're probably going to need him. Randy Gregory has been awesome for them this year. They still have Dexter Lawrence, who is just a wingspan monster at the edge, uh, edge rush spot. But uh, I think Garrett Bowles should be good to go. If not, you'll see Calvin Anderson. So uh, last nine minutes here, quarterback play, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, I'm going to give you the floor here because I, I have some thoughts, but I don't want to uh, dive right into it first. He's been fair. Yeah, uh, I thought I thought he was fair. Uh, made some plays, missed some plays. Uh, that, that's the 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 best I could say. Probably the worst I could say. He wasn't necessarily bad. He had some bad moments. Yeah. He had some good moments. But he's yeah. he's okay. Um, he's again going back to the beginning. He's this was the Teddy Bridgewater that we expected mm-hmm. uh, for this for uh, for the season. He's keeping your team in the game, not making many dynamic plays, didn't turn the ball over, could have, mm-hmm. um, but he's fair. So mm-hmm. you won this game with good defense, should have run the ball better, uh, and not turning the ball over. That was the formula going in. So if the defense can keep playing that, and now I want to see this, I want to see this team with all of the weapons starting and coming back, knock on yeah. freaking wood, because every time we say that, someone else comes comes out of it. So I want to see Okaway Benam. I want to see Jerry Judy and I want to see them all on the field together and what they can do. Now the detractors will still point out and say, well, you still have Pat Shermer calling plays. I, I get that. But I think there is reason to think that this is the low point of the offense for this season. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you there. I'm Teddy Bridgewater. Fair is a good word for it. Um, when you brought him in once, you know, Aaron Rodgers seems like all, it always was a pipe dream in hindsight. Uh, but once you passed on a quarterback at nine, you kind of knew, unless Drew, Drew Locke took major steps forward and outright beat Teddy Bridgewater, which, you know, we'll leave that discussion in the conspiracies for another time. Um, then uh, you were going to be limited and capped at the quarterback position and offensively because of that. I think Teddy right now is playing dinged up. I thought his pocket movement and everything looked a little bit limited out there in this game um just well just and, little, and for that know. for that point on the second to last offensive play where you're hoping he'd run the ball i think if he feels fully healthy yeah he, he tucks the ball and dives instead yep. of tries to loop one over to i don't remember which receiver it was out in the yep. out in the, the flat out there for an incomplete pass to me 
that's timid. Yeah. That, that that's playing a little more timid and and you 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 can't play the game like that. So, yep. you know, in, in that situation, he needs to put the ball down and at worst slide, but probably yeah. dive forward. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you've had your bell rung like that and you're barely walking after games, that becomes a, well, let me see if I can dink this in over that. So I, yeah. I think that that is part of it too. Yeah. And I know that this is not very popular in the NFL game, but uh, maybe this is the high school and some college growing up here watching these games. But uh, man, I, I still believe in the, if you want to run the football, having a quarterback, that's the, the Tyson Hill of the NFL and that obvious situation uh, where like, we're going to run it anyway. So why does, might as well give yourself a quarterback who you're not going to put your passer in harm's way and then also have a better run thread in there. I don't know why teams don't do that more often. I guess it's the limited roster size, but having that uh, power option quarterback that you can go to uh, so it's something I would do, especially in the red zone. But beside the point, I thought Teddy Bridgewater is fine. Um, he is what he is. Uh, I'm hoping that he's going to be healthier and better. Um, and you you touched on the the run game. They did still run for a four yards of carry, uh, which is not that's that's not great. But like that's if they get four yards of carry, that's the minimum. And if they get that, okay, you did. Yeah, they're you give, did they're giving up four seven though. Yeah, that you know. So you they they ran the, the ball more effectively against yeah. you than you did against them. So for me, that's a loss. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I agree with you there. I do think that'll get better with the linebackers getting a little bit more communication. That was obviously an issue in this game that the. Uh, Washington football team identified as a potential weakness. Um, you saw it with how much usage they had with the over the middle field passing, the swing passes and the running game in general. Um, and it was decently effective. The Broncos, it didn't break the Broncos backs with doing that. Um, but um, still it kept them in the game and they had some good drives. Uh, so overall, I think it was a fine game. I'm expecting the Broncos to hopefully have a, a good bout with the Cowboys this upcoming week, but we'll see. This is a very good Cowboys team. Um, Dak Prescott is playing as good, arguably as good as almost any quarterback in the NFL right now. And, uh, Broncos are going to have to have a good game and they're going to have to not only play well, but they're going to have to execute there. There can't be these penalties. There can't be the turnovers, et cetera, et cetera. They, they cannot go out. They cannot go out there and do self-imposed mistakes and come out with a win in Dallas against how good that well, team is. And they're not a good defensive unit right now. No. You know, they're 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 scoring a lot of points. So on this point, it, it could be strength on perceived strength. Yep. A lot of and, and they're handcuffed with uh, yep. with a, a second team quarterback that you can now plan against, you know, yep. instead of having a wild card come in there. Um, but they're they, they move the ball. Well, Broncos yep. should be able to stop the ball well and hopefully getting better. And they give up a lot of yards. The Broncos have trouble moving the ball. I, I call this the, the movable object meets the resistible force. You know, something's yep. got to give. Um, so it could be, it could be one of those where we see, I typically like the better defense against a bad offense, uh, the bad off. I, I like the bad defense against the bad offense, bad offense is usually yeah. bad offense. So we'll get into the Cowboys a little bit more for sure. Yeah. It will be fun to talk a little bit of, uh, Micah Parsons as well, right. Uh, especially with how much the Broncos are going to try to use the tight ends, middle of the field passing and running backs in the pass game. Uh, this might be a target Micah Parsons to see if he is a little bit overzealous with his stuff, with those pre-snap motions and misdirection, because he does have a tendency to be moving the wrong way from time to time. That's not enough where no offense on him head up. I'll tell you that much right now. You know what? Um, let's, let's do let's it. Hawks Penn State this year. Maybe chip him, but let's, yeah. let's, let's not put him out there isolated. Yeah. And I, I got to say, I think it's part of partially is the limitations of the offensive line and what Teddy's doing. The reason you're seeing those kind of things going on, um, and that's why you're seeing the short passes with the hopefully a chance for yak opportunities for those guys. I'm but, okay with that, but yes. 
Noah Fant doesn't need to be one-on-one against the other team's best pass rusher. Yeah. Doesn't need to happen. Yeah. And if, it, if that is happening, it needs to be a, probably a design play where it's a pop and release. Yep. Exactly. Other like, direction. Oh, got space. Yep. hundred <laughs> percent. You know, if he's lined up right and he's lined up uh, against, you know, uh, Micah Parsons, then run the other way. Yep. Cause, 100%. cause then, then, it, then it's okay. Yep. Well, guys, uh, awesome to see the Broncos uh, get a victory. You know, the Broncos only beating bad teams, but you can only beat the teams in front of you. And the Broncos are now riding a one-game win streak, right? People said they'd never win another game the rest of the season. Well, Here we are. The other part of it, Nick, there's a lot of bad teams in the NFL. That's why the That's... Broncos are 500. Yep. You know, and 500 puts you on the edge of the playoffs all the way till the last game. You know, yep. so play 500, sneak out a win against a team you probably should have lost to. And uh, you're sitting there, how many games? 17 at, at nine and eight. Nine and eight yeah. might get you a playoff spot. Yep. No, I do- totally agree with you here. And uh, right, the AFC West looks like uh, you could get a win there. I mean, right now the Raiders, they embarrassed you in that game. Uh, maybe they had an emotional high with whatever is going on there. Um, maybe we'll throw that game out. We'll see. Um, but we should find out a little bit more about this team as every single game goes on. And uh, hopefully it'll start getting better. And hopefully the Broncos can uh, get back up to above 500 against the Cowboys next week. But right now, they got to win at home, uh, even though they didn't execute as pro- as good as they could. And, uh, you know, we'll take it. Uh, that's Can't control the outcome, so we'll take it. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Um, you can find Scott and myself on Twitter, Scott at Scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. You can all f- also follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. Guys, go to Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod to join the conversation. Continue it there. Uh, ride the highs, ride the lows of the season. You know, that's, it's always good to social media, right? And catching everybody's highest emotional response at the moment. It happens at the same time. It's always a lot of fun. Um, subscribe, like, and share if you're joining us also on YouTube today and make sure you're doing that at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Uh, Scott, what's the, what's the plan the rest of the day? What's going on? Going to get some more. Just getting some work done. World series is off. We'll see if, uh, there's any midday soccer, and then okay. I'll, you know, I'll catch up on some some games and stuff, and uh, probably take a breath. And I'm glad we held the Teddy Lock stuff until um, the last few minutes because I've seen enough of this conversation seven days a week in some of the other pods when I'm watching the entire thing. Some of y'all need to change the tune. I get it. I get it. Uh, I understand. Yeah. He's not. He's Teddy's not the answer. Um, the one thing that I don't like though is revi- revisionist history on Drew Lock. Drew Locke has not been good. Drew Locke was not good in that three and one stretch. He had a below 90 quarterback rating. It was a lot more than Drew Locke. I'm not saying he can't be better, but don't make him into something that he wasn't before. He hasn't shown anything to this point. Can he? Maybe. I'll give you that. Maybe. Should he be playing now on a team that isn't going anywhere? Maybe. I'll give you that one too. But let's not do revisionist history. He hasn't been good for the Denver Broncos. Okay. We can agree on that, then then we can move forward. Otherwise, I've had about enough of this stuff in the chat, and I'm gonna start booting people tonight. Uh oh. Well, um, I have uh, two two truths here that can both be true at the same time. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is not the long term answer, and he's not anything besides an above average or besides a average quarterback. That's probably as good as you're gonna get from him. Um, he's probably the best. He's playing some of the best quarterback play the Broncos have had since uh, 2014. Peyton Manning. And that's that's more of an indictment on the Broncos quarterback play uh, the last, you know, <laughs> five years, but um, is what it is. And if the Broncos lose games, we're going to see Drew at some point this season anyway. So 
Uh, I think we let's just live in the moment. Enjoy the right now. Uh, happy to see some of these playmakers making plays. Uh, hopefully we see some growth from these young guys and uh, be enjoying that this team, this Broncos team, honestly playing meaningful football for the first time in November since 2018. So uh, I'm enjoying that. Everybody enjoy it. Have a good one. Uh, we love y'all. Uh, stay safe. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.